0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay, where every week we talk about El Jogo Bonito, world football, the beautiful sport. And last week was uh, quite a, uh, I guess, a, m- a mark in history for uh, CONCACAF because Tigres of Monterrey, a uh, club team out of Monterrey, Mexico, went to the club World Cup final. We told you about this last week. They were headed there against Bayern Munich. The game was uh, this past Thursday in Doha. Uh, quite a Quite a thing indeed. Uh, The stadium was about, I looked like to be 25, 30% full. Uh, Fans were wearing masks, obviously. It was great to have fans in the stands uh, watching this match. Now, a lot of people were saying, oh, Bayern Munich is going to take Tigres of Monterey, box them, press them, starch them, and send them out. Well, guess what? It didn't happen that particular way because uh, I think Bayern Munich forgot about the coach of uh, Tigres, Ricardo Ferrete. Yeah, Ricardo Ferreira is quite the man. He is a, um, a, a tactician, a strategist, and he knows how to make a team work for what he needs. And uh, this, uh, this this game was really something to watch because Tigres left it all on the field. They have nothing to be ashamed of. They uh, came away 1-0 uh, losers to uh, Bayern Munich, and the goal by Bayern Munich basically was off of um, high pressure by Bayern Munich into the attack zone that uh, resulted in a shot The uh, Tigres goaltender went down, blocked it, rebound came out, um, came out a little bit harder, I think, than most people anticipated and uh, came right to the Bayern Munich man. And he had an open net from about five yards just to just guide it in. So um, in that respect, it wasn't a an an amazing goal or anything like that. But Tigres played a great game. Uh, Tigres played a smart game. They uh, got a little physical toward the end. But they were trying to, in, in desperation to, to press the situation. And when you're up against a team like Bayern Munich, you, you pull out all the stops. So, Tigres, uh, I take my hat off to you. You played a great game. Um, second place is nothing to um, be sad about uh, with this particular situation in Qatar. So, very good. Uh, congratulations to Tigres on a great effort. And uh, we will see what happens next year. Bayern Munich is the uh, world cup of clubs champion in the world uh, with a payroll like that and a team like that. And uh, just a great uh, overall team. Uh, they're going to, they're going to give you everything they got. So a uh, Bayern Munich wins one, nothing in that uh, particular game. Staying with the Bundesliga for just a moment. Uh, still no word yet from Hertha Berlin on their new coach. You remember they let their coach go several weeks ago and Arnie Friedrich apparently is still in the uh, caretaker role for the team. Uh, they are treading water still about one to two points above relegation in the Bundesliga. So uh, Bundesliga, uh, Hertha Berlin had indicated they were going to name a new coach uh, in a few days right after they let the other one go, but uh, they did not uh, jump on it right away. So apparently Arne Friedrich for the moment has got the job. Let's see how long it lasts. French international Oliver Nenchum has been uh, out since January the 2nd over at Marseille. Now, remember, he was playing up at Celtic in Glasgow and doing very well, and they just wanted to get him some more playing time, and uh, he was asking for more playing time as well. So off he went to Marseille on a loan. He apparently is doing uh, fairly well, and the, the deal will become permanent if Marseille wants to keep him, and apparently Marseille is, uh, is liking what they're seeing. Uh, the cost is going to be 4.5 million uh, euros if they decide to sign into a permanent contract. We'll find out about that at the end of the year. Over in um, Serie A, Napoli, Napoli pulls off a great win this past weekend over Juventus, one nothing. Whenever Napoli and Juventus get together, it's kind of a, a real grudge match because you've got Southern Italy against Northern Italy. That's basically what it boils down to, and there's no love lost, trust me, between these two teams. <laughs> no love lost at all. And um, However, with Napoli getting that victory, they may have won the, uh, the battle, but they may have lost uh, another couple of battles because uh, two of their players are now uh, injured for the moment. Uh, David Ospina, who's an excellent goaltender, Uh, he was hurt during the uh, pre-match warm-ups, later diagnosed with a first-degree adductor injury in his right thigh. They'll say he'll be out for about two games. Then how fast he comes back is another story. Now, on another side, Irving Lozano. Any of you who follow CONCACAF soccer and Mexican League soccer have heard this name because this guy plays on the Mexican national team, and he's very, very good. Uh, Irving Lozano suffered a second-degree right hamstring injury, and he looks to be out for a month uh, because of this injury, which is going to put that about the middle of March. Now, he could come back uh, slowly to Napoli, but what's that going to mean for his Mexican national team? Because CONCACAF is going to start their qualifications toward the end of March, first part of April. This could be something that Mexico, El Tata, the coach there, is going to need to deal with, okay, Lozano, is a good player. He's a part of that Mexican national team that's very, very good. And so we'll just see where this all lands as time goes on. But again, Irving Lozano out for a month with Napoli uh, because of this um, hamstring injury. You know, hamstrings, we all know if you played football, you know a hamstring injury does not heal overnight. Okay. A hamstring injury takes, takes, uh, uh, you know, rub downs, it takes uh, time. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot of, you know, a lot of time to to, to heal this correctly. So uh, Lozano out for a month with Napoli, and then we'll find out at the middle of March where he stands as far as uh, national Mexico team action. So we'll see what goes on there. Good luck to Gennaro Gattuso, who is doing a great job at Napoli, by the way, since he got hired. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you remember the name Diego Costa? Of course you do. Anybody who follows world football knows about Diego Costa. He left uh, Atletico Madrid there in December, said he was unhappy, terminated his own contract, and uh, just up and walked away. He's now a free agent. Nobody knows where he is. He's probably in Spain still somewhere. Uh, rumor mail, of course, is crazy with potential teams that might be trying to lure him. There's money and figures being floated all over the place uh, to try and get Diego Costa to come to their team. Uh, even Palmyra's of Brazil. <laughs> is trying to hire or trying to get Diego Costa on a contract. Now, you know, Paul was the one that went up against um, Tigres of Monterrey in the uh semifinals of the uh, World Cup of Clubs. And uh and uh, Tigres beat him one nothing after Paul had beaten Santos in the Club of Libertadores final. So, uh so Paul comes to the surface again and apparently Abel Ferreira now if you don't know Abel or haven't seen it or don't know who Abel is, Abel is kind of a kind of an excitable kind of guy. Um, loved it when he played. He was a great player. Uh, he is now the coach of Palmeiras and is obviously doing a great job. He apparently got somewhat red-faced in anger when at a press conference it was suggested that the team had been talking to Diego Costa about bringing Costa all the way to South America to play in uh, Sao Paulo with Palmyras. He got uh, – Somewhat fit to be tied, you might say. And without going into details about what he said in Portuguese, and I couldn't repeat it in English if I wanted to, um, it just it it got apparently got got a little bit uh, heated. So uh, Diego Costa, I can probably say with somewhat certainty, is not going to be going to Palmeiras in Brazil. Whether he stays in Europe or not is another story. Um, I I would say there's going to be a team out there that's going to get a little influx of money, and they're going to hire Costa to put up front. And if I were, if I was a coach of whoever gets this guy, just put him up front there and say, get him the ball because this guy can score. Okay. I don't care what age Diego Costa is. He can score. And he is a, he, he's good at playmaking. He will give you 100%. Yeah. Sometimes he gets a little out of hand with his acting and all that bit of fouls and this, that, and the other. But the guy can put the ball in the net. There's no doubt about that. So Diego Costa is out there floating around somewhere. And looking for a uh, looking for a team, so I guess just like remember what happened with Ibrahimovic when he uh, was a free agent, the soap opera with Diego Costa is continuing. All right, very good. Moving on, let's check the leagues uh, around the world. Mexico League, Toluca, doing great here at the uh, outset, as they are uh, 13 points, and America is right on their tail with 13 points as well. Of course, America's got Zibaldi as their coach, the former um, Real Madrid coach. So, I would expect America to be uh, neck and neck with Toluca there. But right on their heels are two other teams, Tijuana and Santos of Torreon. Now, the thing about Tijuana and Santos these past five games, they are <clears throat> undefeated. Yes, that's correct. Tijuana went 3 0 and 2, while Santos went 2 0 and 3. And on Sunday, this past Sunday, Santos defeated their arch rivals. Yes, they're nasty arch rivals from across the way, uh, just on the other side of uh, Coahuila State there in Mexico. They defeated Rayados of Monterrey one to nothing. The game was kind of interesting because as it started out, the weather was uh, windy in Torreon, which it usually is ninety percent of the time, but it wasn't that bad. Then all of a sudden, the rain and the wind and the gusts and the and the whatever it was uh, came in, and ba- you could barely see the field uh, on the TV. So uh, Santos wins one nothing in a uh, rather weather uh, mar filled game, you might want to say, and uh, Rayados was the uh, losers. So Monterey is right behind Santos at 10 points, and uh, that's the way it looks in the top five. Then you have Cruz Azul and Carretero right behind them. Then Puebla with Nicolas Laramon doing a great job there. You see Puebla usually is in the middle of the table toward the bottom, but Nicolas Laramon has got them playing some great football right now, and they find themselves in the top 10 in the Mexican league. Tigres is in ninth place with seven, and then Atletico San Luis at seven as well. Let's take a look at Serie A now over in Italy. Uh, Inter Milan and AC Milan continue to make this a two-horse race, basically. Uh, you've got a line written, uh, drawn down the middle of the city of Milan. Uh, this is this is going to be something that's going to get um, rather dicey, uh, somewhat interesting, and for sure entertaining uh, by the time it's all over. Inter on top right now at 50 points with AC Milan at 49. Now... What happened during the week? Well, AC Milan suffered what is called a major blushing incident, okay? They lost to a team that's way down in the Serie A table, okay? They lost to Spezia 2-0, and they lost in Milan. That's not good, folks. That's not good. So um, AC Milan at 49, Inter at 50, and for the moment, Inter Milan has bragging rights at the top of the Serie A. We'll see how it happens next week. Then there's a little bit of a gap of six points. And then you've got a couple of other teams fighting. You've got Roma, at 43 points. Juventus at 42. And you know the Juventus folks are not happy that they're seven points off of AC Milan and eight points off of Inter Milan, okay? Juventus folks are not happy about this. Juventus, uh, Turin, and um, Milan are not that fall, far apart. So there is a little bit of a rivalry animosity there, okay? Napoli at 40 points and Atalanta at 40. Lazio at 40 as well, and the Lazio folks are happy that they're up in the top area with Roma, but they're three points behind, and that's not sitting well with the Lazio folk. Trust me, okay? So that will be another one to watch to see how Lazio if you know, maybe picks up the intensity as time goes on, because they want to get up at least ahead of Roma, okay? Then you've got Sassuolo at 34, Verona at 30, Sampdoria at 30, Genoa, who is in uh, 11th place. They were the only... Uh, team beside Inter to go undefeated the last five games. They went 3-0-2. And Genoa is coached by David Balacini, who is doing a great job with a very small payroll. And he's got Genoa coming up the, uh, coming up the table. So uh, we'll keep an eye on Genoa. They are still five points out of the uh, top 10. But you know what? This has been a crazy uh, year so far. As far as the Serie A is concerned, I wouldn't count anything out. Okay, La Liga down there in Spain, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. Again, another city with a line drawn down the middle. Atletico Madrid at 54 points with Diego Simeone just, I mean, taking this team to heights they haven't seen before. Real Madrid at 49 points, five points off of the lead. Now, I know they've been having their problems, but I think Zidane may be getting this team back on the right track. Okay, we'll see what happens. Atletico Madrid 4-0-1 last five games. Barcelona 5-0, third place. 46 points. Sevilla, 5-0 last five games. Fourth place, 45 points. Then there is a drop-off. There is a drop-off of seven points. Real Sociedad, 38. Villarreal, 36. Real Betis, 33. Then Granada, 30. Celta de Vigo at 29. And Levante at 27, rounding out the top 10 of La Liga. Again, the two Madrids are going at it, just like the two Milans are going at it in Serie A. Hmm. Where will it end, right? Bundesliga action. Bayern Munich continues on top. 48 points. Four points clear of Leipzig. RB Leipzig doing a very good job of uh, somewhat keeping pace with Bayern Munich. And I must say they're doing a good job. Eintracht Frankfurt with Adi Hooter at the uh, helm. I tell you what, Eintracht Frankfurt has come around this year. Last year and the year before, they were, gosh, they were middle of the table you know, somewhere somewhere around 11th or 12th, if I remember correctly. And all of a sudden, now they're up in the top three, top four of the Bundesliga. Adi Hooter is doing a great job, 4-0-1 these last five games. But the team to talk about is Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg is tied with Eintracht Frankfurt at 39 points, uh, tied for third place. Wolfsburg has just been playing lights-out football so far. Well, and part of the reason, Oliver Glasner. Oliver Glasner is a Austrian guy who just has taken this team and put them on his shoulders and said here we go uh 0 and1 last five games they're doing very well part of the reason they're doing well is uh, they're six foot six Dutch forward yeah that's right six foot six kind of hard to miss him with a with a ball in from a corner kick right uh, 14 goals for vort Weghorst that's right Vort Weghorst has been uh, doing the thing for uh, for Wolfsburg 28 years old. He is, uh, he is the guy right now, along with, guess this, we've been talking a lot about Americans making their mark in Europe. Well, guess what? He, this guy is not on the, in, the, in the spotlight. He's not on the, on the page every week, but he's out there on the field, and he's doing, he, he's doing the things behind the scenes. And this is what I like to, and, and he does the same thing for the U.S. national team, and that's John Brooks. John Brooks is a good, good football player. And to have him on the USA team is just a really remarkable thing. And he is just showing what he is made of at Wolfsburg. He is doing very, very well. And uh, he is part of the reason that Wolfsburg is having the success that they're having. Again, he doesn't get the publicity. He doesn't score all the goals. But he's the one out there in the midfield creating. He's the one out there drawing the attention of the defense. He's the one doing the things off the ball that you don't see, and uh, this is why Wolfsburg is having such a great year. Also, their goalie Pavel Pervan, he is a, a Bosnian born in Austria. He is a great guy. He's also a six foot something or other, five six, I don't know, tall, <laughs> and uh, he is uh, doing a very good job in the net for uh, Wolfsburg. So, the Wolfsburg team is a team to watch on. Um, they say that let, let let's just say they're coming up the outside rail. Okay, in the Bundesliga. I don't know if they could catch Bayern Munich. They're only nine points off of the lead. Uh, Bayern Munich could hit a couple of rough spots and all of a sudden, boom, uh, there's Wolfsburg uh, knocking on the door. See what happens. But uh, Wolfsburg doing very, very well. And I want to say Oliver Glasner, keep up the good work, bud. Okay. uh, Leverkusen is right behind Wolfsburg at 36 points. Then Dortmund at 33, yeah, they've been hitting some real big hiccups lately. But uh, I just get the feeling that with the talent that Dortmund's got, along with American Gio Reyna and Erling Holland from Norway, um, you know, uh, Dortmund's going to turn this thing around and make, make make a statement here toward the end of the year. Uh, Mouten Gladbach at 33, Freiburg is at 31, Union Berlin is at 30, and Stuttgart at 26. We talked to you about Hertha Berlin a few minutes ago, and they're uh, still haven't named a permanent coach yet. And they, as I said, they're treading water. Uh, down there by the uh, relegation zone of the Bundesliga table. You know, the Union Berlin folks are kind of happy about that for sure. Okay, looking at League 1 down there at Don's La France, uh, we got Lille uh, up in front. And I mean to tell you what, Christopher Gaultier doing a great job with this team. Uh, 55 points for Lille, PSG at 54. Okay, Pochettino's still kind of, you know, in that new, uh, new realm. He's still trying to get used to some things. Now, PSG's got a big big game coming up this Sunday. It's not champions. Champions League is this week. We'll tell you about their match in a few minutes with that, but they've got a big uh, league match coming up this Sunday, the 21st. Yeah. It's Monaco and going to be at Parc de Prince in Paris. And trust me, if we didn't have this pandemic, whatever it's called going on, um, that place would be packed to the rafters. Um, but PSG Monaco is a great match. And this year it actually means something because Monaco is sitting five points back behind PSG in the top four. Um, this will be a game to watch. If you can get it somewhere, it'll be somewhere on TV. Um, PSG-Monaco this Sunday, it's going to be at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Okay, Pochettino there with PSG. Then Lyon is right behind PSG at 52 points, Monaco at 49. Then there's a big drop-off after the top four. Uh, in fifth place, Rennes at 38. Then lawns Metz. Montpellier, Marseille, and Angers round out the top 10. Just want to give a shout out to Frederick Aldoretti there at Mets. He's doing a great job. Mets has been uh, hanging steady in that top 10 of Ligue league, and uh, Aldoretti is doing a, a great job there. EPL, Man City, 53 points. Uh, Pep Guardiola's got this team playing lights out football. Of course, with the talent he's got, I would expect it. And they are doing very, very well. But you know what? I still don't, I still have confidence, I should say, in, man, in old Gunner at Man U. Uh, old Gunner is a very quiet man, uh, goes about his job. And as I said a few weeks ago, y'all were grumbling about a month ago about, oh, what's Man U going to do? How are they going to replace Old Gunner? Who's, who, who, who can take his place? Blah, blah, blah. Why were you talking like that? Okay, because Man U was not you know putting up the victories that you wanted. Well, guess what? They're now in second place, and they're right behind Man City. I know they're in second place, and I know you're discouraged about that if you're a Man U fan, but don't be. Okay, Man U still got quite the talent. Bruno Fernandez is amazing. He's lights out. And so, uh, but Pep Guardiola has got this team playing you know, excellent football at Man City. Uh, Man U's only seven points off the pace. See what happens. Okay, again, another city with a line drawn down the middle. Leicester City, 46 points. The Foxes continue to hang in there in third place. Uh, I just, you know, Brendan Rodgers, just an amazing coach. The guy is just Really, really a, a fabulous. He he knows how to how to get inside the players' heads and talk to them. Okay, Liverpool forty points. I know. Yeah, Liverpool's got some problems, and Jurgen Klopp, you know, is saying the team's tired. But you know what? I, I still, Liverpool is still in the top four. And uh, hey, if I was a Liverpool fan, don't don't ever give up on this on these guys. That's that's a great team. Chelsea at thirty nine, West Ham at thirty nine. David Moyes still got his team up there in the middle of the top ten. Everton at 37, Aston Villa 36, Tottenham 36, and Arsenal at 34. Now, Man City went undefeated uh, last five games, 5-0, and that's why they're basically in first place. But guess what other team, the only other team in the EPL went undefeated? I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a couple more seconds. Can't figure it out? Okay, no, no. The Brighton Seagulls. Yes, you heard right there in 15th place. That's correct, yeah. Uh, the Brighton Seagulls, last five games, 2-0-3. Holy smokes. And who they knock off the other day? Knocked off what? Man uh, Man United, I believe it was, or Liverpool or one of them. Uh, just <laughs> Bright, Brighton has been playing some heads up football lately. And Graham Potter, their 45-year-old coach, this guy is really smart. So uh, I like, you know, I, I realize that Brighton doesn't have the payroll that all these other teams have. But what Graham Potter has gotten out of these guys is just amazing, and I continue to, to applaud him. I know 15th place is nothing to really, you know, scream and yell about, but when you start knocking off the big boys, uh, then it's something time to you know, sit up and take notice. Uh, congratulations to Graham Potter. for on a good good season so far, although numbers-wise it doesn't show it. But uh, the Brighton Seagulls, 2-0-3 the past five games. See how that, uh, see what happens there. All right, very good. Let's take a look now at what's coming up this uh, this coming week, and we got Champions League action. we will be on Tuesday, the 16th. Barcelona against PSG at Camp Nou in Barcelona. For TV, you might want to try TUDN or Univision. Uh, CBS All Access is going to carry it also. It's at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, another game on uh, Tuesday, the 16th, RB Leipzig is going to be hosting Liverpool. And um, that game is, I believe, it's going to be in Budapest, Hungary. And that's going to be on Galavision. And that'll be at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Then on Wednesday, the 17th, you've got Porto hosting Juventus. This will be interesting because, obviously, on Juventus is Ronaldo. And guess where Christiane is from? Uh-huh, Portugal. Uh, yeah, they're somewhat familiar with him in Porto. So it'll be interesting to watch that game. And then uh, also on Wednesday, you've got Sevilla uh, hosting Dortmund which will be a very interesting matchup. Sevilla is on a tear right now. They are playing some lights-out football. And uh, uh, Dortmund uh, obviously having a little stumble there, here and there. Uh, I trust that Gio Reyna and Erling Holland will be gunning for this game. So uh, that will be on Galavision on 3 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, uh, we've got Europa League starting up uh, the final 32. Got some teams uh, playing there that are unknown uh, to everybody in and around Europe. And uh, that will be on TUDN and Galavision at one o'clock Eastern and three o'clock Eastern. We're going to have a double header there. Then on uh, Saturday, uh, Liverpool and Everton are going to tangle uh, in the EPL. That will be a game to watch for sure because Carlo Ancelotti's got Everton moving up the table very slowly. And uh, Jurgen Klopp needs to hold his position there in uh, the top uh, five of uh, the EPL. So Liverpool and Everton playing on Saturday. Then on Sunday, of course, I mentioned the PSG Monaco game. That's at three o'clock Eastern time at the Parc des Prince dans le Paris. All right. Very good. And then also want to mention for you, and I know this is kind of far off, but, uh, you know, everybody's talking about how the U.S. men's national team is going to have a busy March in April <laughs> and nobody sees anything on the calendar. Well, you know, there is something on the calendar. On the 28th of March, USA will be playing Northern Ireland in Belfast. Uh, Ian Barronclough has got his team uh, warming up and getting ready for the USA team. Um, that will be in Belfast, be a good game. Uh, Northern Ireland is not a, a team to sneeze at. They will give you a full 90 minutes. They have come around in the past years. They are a team to watch for. Now, I'm not going to say they're, they're going to be coming up and become a Germany or a France. What I'm saying is they will give you a tougher game than, say, anticipated in the past. So, uh, USA, Northern Ireland, might want to put it on your calendar. That would be March the 28th. The game will be at noon Eastern time in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Very good. That does it for Kicks and Dribbles this week. I'm Dan McClay. Thanks so much for tuning in. Merci beaucoup. Muchas gracias. Um, muito, uh, prazer and, or, um, muito obrigado. And muito, muito grazie. And then uh, Lauren McClay, as you know, is our executive producer and technical producer. John Dang handles our sound. DC McClay is in our ideas department. Please don't let your life have too many yellow cards.